Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Totally Whole. I am your host, Dr. Rose. I'm excited to be with you once again. I have an exciting topic that I want to share. I'm asking the question tonight, how do you go from surviving to thriving? We can get stuck in merely surviving instead of thriving. Our past can hold us back. Trauma can hold us back. Our fears can hold us back. We can allow circumstances to hold us back. But we realize that it is God's desire that we prosper and be in health, even as our souls prosper. So how many of you who are listening out there know people who are merely existing in life but they seem to lack no passion, no enthusiasm about life. I'm sure you and I can think about people who are stuck in situations, whether it's a relationship, whether it's stuck in a job. Maybe it's a person who's stuck in a certain mindset. Maybe they're stuck spiritually, uh, unable to grow and and to receive uh, power and passion from their relationship with Christ. These are people who aren't really moving. And it might be people who you know. It might be yourself. So the question is today, do you want to go from surviving to thriving? So tonight I want us to really look at that question and begin to ask ourselves, am I merely surviving or I'm Or am I in a situation where I'm thriving? And I think we would all agree that we rather thrive than to merely survive. So I want to look at what is the difference between surviving and thriving. Surviving can be a good thing. But thriving is an even better thing. So let's look at what this uh, topic is all about. I want to open up a passage of scripture, Acts chapter 1, and start reading a few verses from that scripture. It says, in my former book, and this is from the New International Version, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they say, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. How do we go from surviving to thriving? Let's look at this text and look at the disciples and how God was able to move them from where they were to become the first disciples who spread the gospel to the uttermost ends of the earth. First, what does it mean to survive? To survive means to remain alive after the death of someone or after the cessation of something or after the occurrence of some event. To survive means to continue to live. And it's a good thing to continue to live, to remain alive after some event. But to thrive means to prosper, to flourish, to be successful, or to grow robustly. Survival skills are the skills that a person uses or acquires in order to deal with a crisis situation. And we've all experienced some crisis situations in our own lives. Natural disasters, war, unemployment, the death of a spouse, a divorce, the loss of your home through foreclosure, or any other sudden loss or dramatic change. It could be a change in your health status. That can be considered a crisis. Our early ancestors had to learn some skills in order to survive in the world and in order to propagate the species. They had to learn how to protect their loved ones. They had to learn how to provide basic necessities like food, water, and shelter. They had to learn how to survive. But think about after a hurricane or a tornado or some natural disaster, People found themselves displaced in days while trying to survive this crisis. Or what about after a personal tragedy or after you've experienced some loss? You have to pick up the broken pieces of your life and attempt to keep on moving while adjusting to the emotional turmoil of your crisis. The truth is we have been equipped biologically and psychologically to survive. It's in our DNA. As people of African descent, we know what it's like to survive. After all, our ancestors came across uh, the Middle Passage. But other immigrant groups are the products of ancestors who traveled from their native land in order to find better opportunity. But think about it, hundreds of years later, there are still some people who are still living in a crisis mode. People still living in a survival mode, living from day to day, stuck in surviving and never learned to thrive. Some people never learned the skills necessary to live a life of freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from fear or freedom from lack or freedom from uh, disaster, freedom from uh, the, the awareness of a loss. Some people have never learned to live a free life because they are f afraid of not knowing whether they will make it to tomorrow. Some people are stuck and have not grown beyond where they are, whether it's their emotional situation, their mental situation, financial situation, in relationships, or spiritual situation. They've never learned the skills to grow beyond 
their present condition. If we were honest, we would all say that there are some people that we know who are still stuck on not knowing if God will do what he said he will do. So they end up living in doubt, trying to make it on their own without God. Has that been your mentality at one time or another? That's called a survival mentality. In order to thrive, we must learn how to trust in the Lord and lean not unto our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. But the truth is, some people can never rest in God. As He has told us to cast your cares upon me because I care for you. But for my listeners, there are some people who are still dazed and in shock from their crisis. There are some people who are still uh, in a situation emotionally where they never process their loss. They've never dealt with the trauma of their past, the trauma of their divorce, the trauma of their uh, job situation. Never experienced or processed the shock from the challenges that they have faced in this life. So therefore they remain stuck, never able to receive the newness of life that will come after any loss or unfortunate situation if you trust God, if you determine that I'm not going to stay stuck in surviving but I want to thrive. But not only that, some people even develop habits that get them through a crisis. But these habits never allow them to process what has happened in order to move beyond the crisis. Okay? So you know people who engage in smoking or drinking or, 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 or sex out of wedlock, people who continue to... Uh, Gamble or people who continue to uh, have habitual addictive anger. These are habits that we develop and things that we have taken on in order to help us survive our day-to-day situations, the day-to-day crises that we face. So people who engage in survival behaviors, they are living day-to-day with no plans for tomorrow. These are people who have a foreshortened view of their future. These are people who don't have vision or foresight or insight. They have a fear of moving forward. A survivalist will do whatever it takes to keep them functioning from day to day. A survivalist is not really looking at the consequences of my behavior today, but they are stuck on today not realizing that what I'm doing might prevent me from having a bright and productive future. So think about this text, this Acts uh, passage, where the disciples had seen Jesus being crucified. They were stuck in a survival mentality. They were just glad that they made it out alive. They were still in shock. They were still dazed. They were reeling from the impact of the crucifixion. They were traumatized as a result of this experience. And so the Bible tells us that they scattered after Jesus was captured and crucified. They were found hiding and afraid and believing that they had no power. They were only concerned about surviving today with no clear vision for tomorrow. But what's comforting about all of this is that Jesus, he appeared to them and he encouraged them to not be afraid. John 20 and 19 tells us that the disciples were behind locked doors for fear of being killed. But Jesus, he came through the locked doors because he had to give his disciples, his loved ones, comfort. He said to them, peace be unto you. 
Jesus being concerned about uh, them not just being stuck at surviving, but he wanted them to thrive. So he empowered them. He breathed on them and he filled them with the Holy Spirit. So the truth is, my listeners, there are some things that we face in life that will require divine intervention to get us from surviving to thriving. There are some situations that we face that will require not just uh, any old support, but it will require some supernatural support to get us to the next level. There are some things that you face that will require more than average resources. doesn't matter uh, whether you have the money or you can borrow the money. You know, that's not the kind of resource that you're going to need to go from surviving to thriving, but you are going to need some supernatural resources to get you to the point of personal success and growth. There are some things that Ray Ray can't help you through. There are some situations that Shaniqua can't get you out of. There are some things that we're going to have to call on God and rely on God to get us through. So that's where the disciples have found themselves in this book of Acts. This book of Acts is a history of the beginning of the New Testament church. And the book chronicles how average men and women just like you and I, who were once afraid, once powerless, once merely existing, were able to move from those places to become the powerful witnesses that caused the gospel message to be spread throughout the world. This book of Acts shows how a people moved from surviving to thriving. So to thrive means to prosper, to flourish, to be successful, or to grow robustly. So Jesus was concerned about where they were and where it was he was trying to get them to. So he spent time with them, 40 days appearing to them after his resurrection, teaching them about the kingdom, encouraging them and empowering them for their life's assignment. So that's important for us to know that in order for us to fulfill our life's assignment, we can't just stay at surviving. We can't get stuck in our pain. We can't get stuck in our past. But we have to be able to move forward in order to fulfill the plan and the call that God has for our lives. So it was important for the disciples to understand that the the assignment that they were given, it was not just a temporary assignment. It wasn't a short-term project. It wasn't some ad hoc committee that they were going to convene and then once it was over, go back to business as usual. Jesus was preparing these disciples for their life's assignment. Hmm? So that means that we have to understand that God wants us to know what our assignment is. We just can't get stuck in the day-to-day crisis. We can't get stuck in the issues from the past in order for us to uh, fulfill God's assignment, God's will for our lives. We have to move from surviving to thriving. So it was crucial that these disciples understood what was taking place. So as I read earlier in verse 4 of Acts chapter 1, he said, uh, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. So he was telling them, stay right here. Don't move too quickly because something is about to take place. But how many of us get impatient? We uh, want things when we want them. We uh, can't wait on God. We want to try to manipulate the situation and do what it is we feel needs to be done because we don't want to wait. But he told them to wait because something is about to take place. So don't be impatient, my listeners. Don't be weary where you are right now. The promise is on the way. God wants to take you from your place of surviving to get you to a place of thriving, but you have to wait. 
Wait until he gives you uh, what you need for the assignment because you can abort it if you don't have the proper tools, if you don't have the proper mentality, if you don't have the proper uh, perspective. But Jesus was right there with them. He came down after he had been resurrected because he wanted to teach them and to help them to understand how crucial their mission was, how crucial their life's journey was. Because they were going to be uh, life changers, earth uh, shakers, transformers, paradigm shifters. But it was crucial that they knew what the assignment was. So he told them that John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. In other words, he was giving them a reason to hope for tomorrow. He gave them a reason to dream of brighter days. He wanted to move them from just surviving to realize what's coming is going to enable you to thrive. So isn't it just so uh, hopeful that God is so concerned about our lives and about our happiness that he gives us a reason to hope. He gives us a reason to dream for a brighter days. But we have to wait and we have to begin to allow Jesus to transform us, allow the Holy Spirit to overtake us and to change us from where we are to take us to where he wants us to be. So he says to the disciples, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That passage explained in the Life Application Bible says the power is not limited to strength beyond the ordinary. It involves courage, boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority. So how do we go from surviving to thriving. There are some things that we need in order for us to move from where we are to where it is God would have us. The first thing that we have to have is courage. Courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, or pain without fear. Ask yourself, do I have courage? Do I have what it takes to get me to face this difficulty, to face this current situation, to face this uh, negative report, to face this, uh, this health situation? Do I have the courage that will enable me to face my current problem without fear? Courage. That's what we need to get from surviving to thriving. Megan Wilson, she gave a definition of courage. She says, the meaning of courage is the ability to plunge from the nest and soar in the infinite sky and fly forever onward into that of which we are all capable. Courage is to take chances and to proceed with them despite the obstacles that lie before us. It is to go after one's dreams and to strive for them without the fear of what will happen tomorrow. We might fail in our attempts, but we'll be able to sleep with the knowledge that we tried our hardest to make our dreams happen and that tomorrow we're going to try even harder. Courage is the ability to accept change from the risk and to succeed without changing who we are. So courage, in other words, is the ability to succeed in today's world without changing who we are as a person or what we believe in. And we all know that we are facing some very controversial topics. We have to deal with uh, issues that will try us and will challenge us and to test our faith and to test our conviction. But courage is the ability to succeed in this world without changing who we are or what we believe in. And many of us have heard and some of us even quote 
this serenity prayer. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So courage is what we need in order to move from surviving to thriving. So from the Wizard of Oz, the truth is as a lion learns in the end that courage has been inside us all along and it will never leave us. We just have to look for it and know that we will always find it. And Jesus, I'm sorry, it was God in the Old Testament who said to Joshua, Be, a, be strong, Joshua, and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. So the first thing that we need in order to move from surviving to get to a place of thriving is courage. The second thing that we need is boldness. So courage plus boldness. Boldness is not hesitating or being fearful in the face of actual or possible danger or rebuff. So we have to be courageous and bold. Think I thought about the clerk who's been all over the news who uh, took a stand on the controversial topic of gay marriages. But this clerk refused to give marriage licenses to gay couples based on her religious beliefs. She demonstrated boldness because her stance was, I'm not going to uh, do it because it goes against my beliefs. So she was courageous enough and bold enough to take a stand, even if it meant her losing her job or even going to jail. And I'm not here to... uh promote what's right or what's wrong uh, for anybody's perspective but we have to stand on our own beliefs and be courageous and bold enough to take a stand so in order for us to get out of our places of being stuck where we are we need to have courage and boldness the next thing that we need is confidence confidence is belief in oneself and one's power or abilities. Confidence is knowing your own strengths. Think about this. If I ask you to tell me what do you like about yourself, would you be able to tell me without having to think uh, too long and too hard? But what if I ask you to take it a step further? What do other people like about you? And what would they say about you? Would you be able to answer that question quickly? Confidence even extends to our own uh, body image. What do you like about your body? Would you be able to answer those questions? Confidence. What are your abilities? What are your strengths? How well do you know yourself? Your ability to answer that question will tell me about your own level of self-confidence. And there's nothing wrong with knowing your strengths. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. We know that God... uh, gives us confidence knowing who we are and whose we are can give us a certain amount of self-confidence and even the scripture in Philippians says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so it's knowing that I have abilities I have gifts I have skills and I'm able to do those things through Christ who gives me strength the next thing that we need in order to move from surviving to thriving is insight. Insight is an understanding of what motivates you, what makes you tick, 
What causes you to think the way that you think? What causes you to behave the way that you behave? Insight is understanding yourself. And it was the Psalm, uh, Psalm 51 and 6, where David, he, he said, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. He says, And in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Insight. How well do you know yourself? Do you know uh, what causes you to become angry? Do you know what is it that uh, brings you peace or brings you joy? Do you even know uh, why you continue to stay in situations that are painful? Do you even know why sometimes you lie or sometimes you are afraid? Do you have a, enough insight into yourself to understand what keeps you stuck? Hmm. What causes you to shrink back? What causes you to not uh, do what God has called you to do? Insight is having understanding of yourself. You also need ability. You can't move from a situation if you have no ability, no skill. So ability is power or capacity to do or act. Physically, mentally, legally, morally, or financially. Ability is competence in an activity or knowing that you're competent in your particular occupation. It's knowing that you have skill or you have training or that you have some other qualification that gives you the ability to perform in that occupation. We need ability in order to move forward and thrive. How many of you would go to a doctor who has no skill to practice medicine? How many of you would go to a therapist or a counselor who had no training or competence to counsel? Would you go to a dentist to care for your teeth who have never worked on anyone's mouth before? So in order for us to get from where we are to where it is that we're striving to get to, we have to have ability and we have to know our ability. Authority. To move from surviving to thriving, we have to have some authority. Authority is the power or the right to command or to act. The scripture reminds us in Matthew 16 and 19. It says, and I will give you, talking to Peter and the church, the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And the message translation reads this way. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is no in heaven. Authority gives you the power or the right to command or act. Think about police officers. They have authority. They have the power to arrest. They have the power to handcuff. They have the power to uh, enforce the law. Hmm? So they have uh, legal power. They have the, the power through their, their weapons. They have the power through whatever tools they use to subdue uh, anyone. They have the power or the right to command or act. But we have some spiritual authority and power as well. 
Because God says to us that he's given us the keys of the kingdom. And whatever we bind or declare to be improper or lawful on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loose, whatever we declare to be lawful on earth, he gives us the power to loose it in heaven. So how many of us recognize our own authority or do we just allow uh, situations to remain? Do we allow uh, people to continue to oppress us or people to continue to disrespect us? Do we recognize that we have the authority to stop some things? We have the authority to cause some things to happen. Jesus, he gives us power. He says, behold, in Luke 10 and 19, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, the most dangerous forces of spiritual evil, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means will hurt you. Do you believe that you have authority over things? Do you know your rights as a Christian? In my work, with individuals, I often refer them to the personal bill of rights. And you all can look it up. But the personal bill of rights, it helps people to know uh, the authority that they have as individuals. One uh, bill of rights, one right says, I have, the, I have the right to ask for what I want. I have the right to change my mind. I have the right to say no. To anything that's unsafe or if I'm not ready. I have the right to express my feelings. So we cannot move forward in any endeavor, whether it's a relationship, whether it's on a job, whether it's in raising our families, whether it's in starting a business. We cannot move forward unless we recognize that we have some authority to make some things happen. So in order for us to move from surviving to thriving, we have to recognize our degree of power and authority. So ask yourself, am I accepting uh, poverty? Am I accepting fear? Am I accepting a situation of hopelessness? Am I accepting this spirit of depression or this spirit of, of anger? Am I accepting this or am I taking authority over it? He says he gives power to the faint. That's Isaiah 40 and 29. And to them who have no might, he increases strength. And Jesus says to the disciples here in Acts 1 and 8, You shall receive power to fulfill your assignment. You will receive power to carry out your mission. And you shall be witnesses. So in the text, Jesus is giving the disciples power and authority that comes from him. So what I'm saying is that in order for us to be successful in any endeavor, to not just uh, settle for where we are, we have to know uh, what we have and we have to activate these gifts that lie within us. And the last thing that happens in this text, it says that Jesus said to them, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? In other words, why are you looking up at an empty sky? And it wasn't Jesus who was speaking. It, 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 there were angels speaking. They were telling them, the disciples who had just been empowered who had to be reminded of, of who they are, who had been scattered, uh, he told them to wait until you receive something. So he gave them what they needed to move forward to become the uh, evangelist that spread the gospel throughout the entire world. So the men were just standing, and so the angel says, Why are you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall, shall come again in like manner as you, as you have seen him go into heaven. 
In other words, he was saying to them, get busy. You know, wait for your power, anticipate your power, work as if your power has already come. He was saying to them, move from surviving to thriving. Get up and live like you have some hope. He said, why are you gazing? Why are you not doing the will of God the Father? Why are you not working in your church? Why are you not fulfilling your career goals? Why are you not back in school working on that degree? Why are you not having fulfillment in your relationships? Why are you just gauging? You know what to do. Go ahead and move forward with the power that you have to make some things happen. Why are you looking aimlessly into the sky? Why are you standing aimlessly on corners or in hallways or walking aimlessly down the corridors of life? Why are you gazing? Just sitting around on the pew, no foresight, no insight, no vision for your ministry, no vision for your own future. Why are you gazing, you men of Galilee? Why are you not using your gifts? Why are you not activating uh, the skills? Why are you not using the talents? Or if you don't know your gifts and talents, why are you not trying to find out what God has called you to do? You men and women of Galilee, why are you gazing at the television screen, living vicariously through the lives of Oprah or Beyonce or Jay-Z or whoever is featured on the latest episode of your television. Why are we gazing, my brothers and my sisters? Why are we waiting for someone to do for us when God has already equipped us to do for ourselves? Why are we as a people gazing, waiting for someone to give us a hand out when God has given us a hand up? Why are we waiting for someone to give us something when he's given us gifts and ability to go out and get what we want and what we need? Ephesians 2 and 10. It says, For we are God's workmanship, masterpieces created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So why stand you gazing? Let's get moving. God wants us to move from surviving to thriving. But I want to throw the question out there for some of you who are listening. What keeps you stuck? If you are stuck. And what has helped you to get to where you are today? I'm sure that at one point you were stuck. You were merely surviving. But it had to be something inside of you that caused you to want to move forward, that gave you a glimpse of your future, that gave you the confidence to know that I can be doing more than what I'm doing right now. I can do more than my parents did. I can do more than what people uh, said that I could do. What was it? that help you to get from surviving to thriving. So do I have any uh, listeners on the line who wants to uh, maybe share with us what is it that helped you to get from maybe a place of uh, uh, fear or maybe you experienced some challenge, some trauma, some setback, but instead of staying there, you were able to move forward. If you want to join the conversation, just hit one and you'll be in to the studio to ask a question or to give your own comment. One thing that I can say, there was once a time when I was fearful. There was a time when I had uh, low self-esteem when I didn't believe in my abilities. I can remember when I was uh, 
in college for the first semester, having come from an all-black high school, felt kind of uh, inadequate, felt like I didn't know enough, that I wasn't smart enough. And one day I got on the bus, and there was a church member who sat on the bus uh, beside me, and she saw that I was sad, I was feeling uh, uh, despondent, and felt like I uh, didn't measure up. And so she asked me, well, what's wrong with you? You know, you're looking down. I told her, I don't think that college is for me. Because that very day we had a test. It was a pop quiz. And I was always a good student. I studied well. So I know that I knew all the answers. But the, the, the test was only for 10 minutes. And I'm thinking that we had the entire class period, or at least more than 10 minutes, to answer the question. So... I didn't get through all of the questions, and the professor said, time is up. And I looked, and I was only halfway through, so I felt discouraged that I was not equipped to deal with college. So the woman said that uh, you have something inside of you that other people don't have. So why are you feeling that you can't make it? Don't you know that you have God inside of you, that you have the Holy Spirit in you? So when she said that, something awakened in me. And I started uh, being more confident, knowing that God had given me uh, gifts and talents and abilities. So I began to have more confidence in God first, but also confidence in my abilities. So, in my situation, it took some person to remind me of who I was and to remind me of what I had on the inside. So, maybe that's your story. Maybe it was some teacher. Maybe it was you know, your parent. Or maybe it was having an unfortunate situation that helped you to see that you could do more uh, than what you were doing, that you didn't have to remain stuck and just survive it, but you could go on to thrive. So what is it, my listeners, that helps you to move forward? What was it that uh, got you unstuck if you had been stuck? What keeps you encouraged when you feel uh, afraid, when you're feeling down? What helps you to move forward? I know what helps me. Just being in God's presence can help me to see myself the way God sees me. Because we can spend so much time talking to people, uh, being around uh, negative uh, situations, people who have uh, mentalities of Uh, low-level living, people who are critical, uh, negative, jealous, uh, want to always stir up confusion. We can spend time with these people, whether it's family members, whether it's a co-worker, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, someone that we just so happen to uh, cross paths with. And so these things can uh, be on us like residue. But when we begin to get into the presence of God, He can change our perspective. He can help us to see ourselves differently, to see uh, ourselves the way God sees us. So one thing that helps to get unstuck is to just get into God's presence. Whether it's reading His Word, whether it's just spending time listening to Uh, music that soothes, music that's empowering. Spending time in silence, just uh, meditating uh, on the Word of God, thinking on the goodness can help us to see ourselves and to move from where we are to where it is God is trying to take us. Another thing that helps is to think about your thoughts. You know, we engage in uh, self-talk every day, every minute of the day. There's some type of self-talk. 
whether it's negative or whether it's positive. But we have more negative thoughts than we have positive thoughts. So one thing that we can do is to examine our thoughts and ask yourself, am I thinking negative thoughts or positive thoughts? Are my thoughts productive or unproductive? Are my thoughts helping me to get to where it is that I'm trying to get to or are my thoughts keeping me stuck? I was talking to a couple today and they're stuck in their marriage. They've reached a point where they're no longer growing closer together but yet they are growing apart. So I asked them to think about when you are feeling uh, bad or you're down, what are your thoughts? Are you thinking that I am worthless? Are you thinking that uh, she doesn't love me? Are you thinking that I'm stuck in this situation? Because if those are your thoughts, then you're projecting negativity in your relationship. Are you thinking, my husband doesn't love me? Because he doesn't say what he used to say. He doesn't love me anymore. Are you thinking that he's going to leave me? If you're thinking those negative thoughts, then you are contributing to a negative environment. But instead, flip the script. Think positive thoughts. You know, think well of the other person. Because we can create our own situation by what we're thinking. So how many of you are able to recognize your thoughts? It takes intentional work because our thoughts are automatic. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're thinking. But if you could just pause and think about your thoughts. I know it sounds difficult, but that is half of the battle. If we can catch our thoughts, and if we find that they are negative, then we can change them to more positive thoughts. Affirmations are good. That's our self-talk, changing the self-talk into things that are more productive and more proactive. So I have some calls on the line. Can you share with me what helps you to move forward when you find yourself stuck? Are there things that you do that helps you? Another thing that has been helpful is visualization. There is tremendous power in visualization, seeing yourself where you want to be. It only takes a few minutes as you are preparing to to do something, preparing to give a a speech, preparing to to complete an assignment. You are preparing for this interview. Visualize yourself. You know, think about every component of what it is that you are about to do. Who are the people in the room? Are they a negative? Visualize a positive thoughts and visualize uh, the fact that you will be uh, optimistic and you will make a good impression. Visualize the words that you will say. Visualize what it will look like once you get the job or once you uh, give that speech or once you teach that class. Visualize what you will be doing and how you will be feeling and what other people's responses will be when you go about doing that particular thing. Visualization is powerful in helping you to overcome fears and doing things that... uh, Ordinarily, you would be afraid to do. Establishing a list of priorities. That can get you stuck because sometimes we can have so many options. There can be so many 
things that are coming our way that we can get overwhelmed. And for many people, when you're overwhelmed, you just don't do anything. But one thing that can help you to uh, get unstuck is to begin to look at those things that are coming your way and begin to prioritize. Prioritize them based on, is this something that's urgent? Is this something that I have to take care of first? Or is this something that can wait? Because half of our battle is trying to do four and five things at one time. But once we begin to prioritize, take things one step at a time, we'll be able to move forward one step at a time. And I can attest to this when I was working on my dissertation. It was overwhelming having to uh, get journal articles and read books and having to uh, write various chapters and deal with the uh, data that I was collecting, having to meet with the various committee members and organizing all of the materials that I had and just trying to get through that whole process was overwhelming. So the advice that I was given by one of my committee members was to write down on note cards priorities. What is it that I want to do first? Taking each component of the process step by step, piece by piece. And once I began to write things down on my note cards to prioritize my tasks, for the day, then the whole process didn't seem as overwhelming. So those are things that have been helpful in helping me to uh, not remain stuck in a task or in a career, but to begin to move forward. But I want you to think about what helps you. And before I close, is there anyone who wants to make a comment or wants to uh, ask a question? So the whole uh, topic for tonight was for us to think about where we are. Are we merely surviving or are we thriving? And we know that it's God's will and God's desire that we prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. So on that note, I wish you well, and I desire that you be totally whole, nothing missing and nothing broken. So tune in again next week where we will have an exciting topic from Reverend Bridget Goings Gray as you continue to live your life as God has intended. So stay tuned for our general promo. And may God's peace and may God's blessings be upon you. Have a good night and a blessed week in the Lord. Join us here on the Family Healing Circle, where we heal your mind, body, and soul. Every Sunday, we start your week off right with the delightful Deletta Gillespie and Updraft. It is always an educational and informational show. Tune in on Mondays for Totally Whole with Pastor Bridget and Pastor Cook as they give you the word. Tune in on Tuesday with world-famous DJ Davey D as he plays all of your old-school favorites in R&B, hip-hop, jazz, house, and rap. Join us every Thursday where there's something different. The first Thursday of the month, ladies, it's for you. Total Empowerment with the owner of Simple Wellness Hair and Day Spa, Angela Hardy. On the second Thursday of the month, join Relationship Coaches, Reverend Arlene Cahet and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey 
on One Love, One Connection, One Us as they answer all of your relationship questions. On the third Thursday of the month, men, it's time to man up with our own sacred masculine, Reverend Jamel Gilliam and the Sacred Masculine Show. On the fourth Thursday of the month, join me, Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, and the inner consciousness as I talk about self-help. When we have a fifth Thursday of the month, you can join Reverend Arlene Cahet with the Healing Paradigms right here on the Family Healing Circle where we heal your mind, body, and soul every week. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.